Alright, Sons of the Hunt, Season 2, Episode 17. I'm Mark Mazura with Hi. Jay Rodney. Who are you? <laughs> let, yeah, just, that was... just, just let me <clears throat> do it. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> I don't know. I, we, we never do that. Y- you caught me off guard with that, man. Yeah, I it don't took know. Me by surprise. I'm trying to do like. I thought you were pointing at me. <laughs> like... I'm trying to be more professional All right. these days, but I, I don't know what, what's, I don't know, professional radio etiquette. Mm. Should, should I should probably let the... We're going to start that now? Yeah. <laughs> We're evolving, 17 of season two. I'm down. We're evolving. Indeed Crawling. we are. Indeed we are. So that went, that went smooth. All right, so... We got that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so we're off to a great start yeah. for episode 17. Uh, it is November 1st. How about that, man? And that's a great day for anyone listening to the podcast, I'm sure. Usually, yeah. It's like uh, almost like Christmas. Yeah. I was out this morning. Whew, cold. A little, little windy. windy, maybe. It, you know, and honestly, it wasn't the temperature that was too too bad. It was the that wind was just insane. Yeah, that'll get you, man. You know, wind chill is no joke. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was real. Having a having some good uh, good equipment, you know, clothing wise is is clutch when you're going to be dealing with that kind of a uh, that kind of weather. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it looked pretty interesting. You know, I woke up this morning getting ready with my kids ready for school, and we got a text that the school was closed because the wind blew some power lines down. It was pretty legit. Like the wind was. Uh, no joke overnight. So uh, it continued throughout the morning. So uh, when I saw that little post you made that you were in a tree, yeah. blown around again. Yeah. Seems to be your favorite wind tree. Yeah. Every time I get in that, that tree, it, the wind just, it knows. Yeah, right? And and that is absolutely the worst tree to be in when it's windy. It is just, like I, I, was, I was explaining it to you before, it's one trunk that comes up and then at, at like 12 feet or 15 feet, it it splits off into three three different trunks all at the same point so then once i get up to that point then i climb up another one of those trunks so you're off you're already hanging like over the ground you're not like right on that main trunk anymore and i could just see one of those it was blown right against me so it was we were i was like leaning back it's pretty terrifying at one point i had i had my uh the carabiner in my hand Get ready to unhook that, and if that tree cracked, because I was jumping to the next, the next trunk, because that that would have been the only way. Otherwise, like what I was thinking about, it, like what do you do in that situation? Do you stay tied to the tree and hug the tree, or do you try to get off and jump? I don't know that you usually have an awful lot of time to think about it. <laughs> and and, it's, happen, and I know? guess if you're sitting there thinking about it, it's probably a good indication that maybe you shouldn't be in the tree. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's but. a good point. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's something, you know, Makes always like be prepared, alive. you know what I mean? You got <laughs> <laughs> got to be prepared, so I guess it's not a bad thing to consider. 
but uh, yeah, man, I, I was like, boy, he's he's really uh, committed. Yeah. You know, that's that's uh, that's commitment being out in that wind, man. Yeah, I mean the the vacation starts today, pretty much. So oh, nice. Yeah, I did not know. I got, I got a lot of a lot of hunting ahead of me. Well, that's good, man. Because you get a couple tags to fill, don't you? Yes, I do. Yep, and I I didn't fill. I wanted to fill two out of my three doe tags in early archery season, and yeah. I only I only filled one. We tried to fill one of yours. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh my god, I forgot to tell you. I looked through the the uh, the trail camera. Yeah, videos that I had out there. They're hilarious. Really? Like the, oh, like, the guy in the car. Yeah. Oh, so man. so we had a pretty hilarious hunt. <laughs> uh, we tried to do the 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 barn hunt, which all of a sudden I don't know. Some people aren't okay with, but <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I mean, we got a little teasing, and I get it. That's cool. Yeah, we were indeed hunting out of a an actual barn, dude. Uh, but it's it's legit way to get at some uh, fill some freezer. Actually, Listen, man. I'm comfortable with who I am. That's right, and I don't have to cut people down. <laughs> I let people do what they want to do. You know what I mean? Listen, and if you want to like football and hunting, go for it. You could like two things. What I always thought was, I mean, if it's legal, go for it. Yeah, and I guess. I, I shouldn't explain, but I will. Where where we sit there, that barn is right behind the house, and um, the guy who owns that property, his wife is a really big like landscaper, and she has an awesome garden. And I mean, their house, like, and everything around it is pristine, very meticulous. Yes. Yeah. And uh, when the deer start eating her orchids and and whatever else she has around which is pretty much the, the, they destroy everything yeah and there's that uh that nice apple tree we've kind of made the deal that we'll take a couple dough right out of there for him and then in return i get to hunt 88 acres by myself of prime land which yeah it's it's a pretty beautiful spot yeah we've hunted turkeys there so i mean yeah. you know you know what it's like back yeah, there it's and it's pretty amazing it holds some big deer you know, as far as this section of the country, like Northeast PA, Pennsylvania in general, I mean, you that's like a prime example of what a good piece of hunting property would be. And I've had a few pieces of property over the years, and, and that's uh, that's one of the best and yeah. I've seen. I've had a few good ones over the years, but uh, yeah, it's it's a nice spot, man. It's got everything you need. Yeah. You know, it's got the fields, it's got hardwoods, it's got the, the conifer bottoms, and there's yeah. water sources. I mean, so much fun, man. Yeah. I just, I just absolutely love that that piece of property. So, if the guy says, "Shoot a couple doe out of the barn," I'm gonna shoot a couple doe out of the barn. Indeed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was fun. I mean, yeah, we were yeah. gonna try and go live and do a yeah, a hard, but yeah. You know, we I Hilarious I was reminded stuff. of a lesson that day though for sure. So we were pretty much right at the end of the night there, yeah. and we started getting our stuff together a few minutes early. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was basically dark. Yeah, it, it was. was cl- I mean, it was barely like enough light because we, 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 I'm like, you know what, we're getting our stuff together. And I kind of snuck my head around and looked out. Sure enough, 10 feet from where we were sitting, here comes a doe. Yeah. So I'm fumbling to get my stuff together. And uh, I have a whisker biscuit on my bow. And there's a little gap on the whisker biscuit where you can drop your arrow in. Well, on either side of that gap, of the whisker biscuit, there's a little rubber piece that kind of helps protect the arrow from clicking or whatever it is and making noise. I don't even know what it's there for. Yeah. Well, it slipped up 
from leaning where I had it. It was leaning, my, my bow was leaning against this like metal, I don't know, like an old ammo can looking thing. Yeah. Uh, and when it was leaning on it, it pushed that rubber thing over the opening. So right. I couldn't get my arrow, <laughs> the damn whisker biscuit, dropped my arrow on the floor, made all sorts of noise. And the deer still didn't run away. Uh, finally got it together and drew my bow and I was still able to see my pins. So I was like, okay, cool. I can see my pins. And it just, by yeah. the time I, I got to where I was at full draw, it can lean out and she was facing straight on. It just wasn't going to happen. And so she trotted off and, you know, she had a couple of young ones with her as well. So, you know, it was, like we almost, we almost got it done. Yeah. And it, you know what else I think might have cursed us was me saying that that's the closest thing you could have to a sure thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't. I wasn't going to say anything. I was going with it. <laughs> it would have been if uh, there wasn't so much damn traffic. I know, right? All the, all the, all the traffic. <laughs> I couldn't believe that, dude. That was. Uh, it was so hilarious funny. too, yeah. because and you know I tried to get in touch with them that day and let them know that we were going to hunt there. Yeah. And I, I called, I called them three times, and they must have been out doing stuff behind the house. Yeah. And that that guy just pulled up. What was he? What was he blasting? Journey. Yeah, Journey. We heard the radio before we saw the car. Yeah, because there's like a little great. driveway spot in front of the barn, so apparently, you know, they they'll go up there and they'll turn around and go back down the driveway. Yeah, and you could hear Journey blasting with the windows up in this guy's car. He rolls up, turns around, and as he's driving by the opening of the barn, he stops, <laughs> rolls his window down, he just starts talking, he starts yelling. You guys see anything? <laughs> no, you guys, you guys hunting? Stone in love. Yeah. Like no 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 nothing yet. You could hear that song coming from yeah. a good ways away. I think at one point I was like, "Is that Journey?" Yeah, definitely Journey. <laughs> and then the guy just—it was funny. I don't know if I had the camera recording then, but I, I had, don't know. You could see him turn around because we had the trail camera on the post facing right, out. Right, right. So he drove right in front of the trail camera. But mm -hmm. I actually did get trail camera footage of the deer that came out too. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's cool. It was—it was so close to being right. You know, yeah. it. it if that car didn't drive up there, it was two cars, right? One pulled in earlier. Yep. And then a lot of, tra yeah. lot of traffic I'm that telling day. you. Well, that's, you know, when you're pretty much hunting behind the house in the barn, yeah. you, you might get that kind that's of thing. What, that's what you got to deal with, you know? I'm telling you. It's hilarious these guys complaining about other hunters coming in on my spot on public land while I don't hear you complaining about any cars driving in front of you. Blast and journey. Blast and journey. Yeah, that was that was good. It was a good day though. I mean, it was a nice day to be out. It was a good evening. I mean, we got some pretty cool footage of us where the, the the clouds are breaking. We got some really nice yeah. sun on the on the the foliage, like the leaves are changing. Yeah, that yeah, was a cool uh it was a cool spot. Yeah, it was but fun. No deer. No deer. No. So I got a couple tags yet as well, but we, we got some time yet. Yeah. We got some time to kill. But but it's been uh I've been seeing a lot of people uh have some success though, you know. Yeah. Some uh, some of our friends have uh Jake just shot one today. Uh, Jake Ramsey, yeah, he showed me that picture early. It looked yeah. like a nice eight point he got. Yeah, I think it was an eight point. Yeah. I th I am pretty sure he's all public land too. So yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh who else is it? Uh Aaron Pascaretti. He's a big public land guy. Uh what's the name of his um Battle Creek. Battle Creek Outdoors is the name of his uh he has like a, a YouTube channel and uh he does all public. Mm -hmm. You know, they go in and hang stands, and he shot a nice buck, I think, two weeks ago yeah. off public land. I got a lot of respect for guys who hunt public, man, because it's not easy in Pennsylvania. No. It's not no. easy anywhere, but if you live in Pennsylvania and you've hunted state game lands, a.k.a. public land, uh, you know how challenging it can be. Yeah. 
you know, and I've done it a number of times myself. And I'm probably going to do a little bit of public land hunting with rifle this year just because I think I got a spot figured out that I don't think anybody's going to. But I might give it a shot. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's Saturday now. So it's a little right. bit easier because I don't get Mondays off for first day. Now, granted, I work in the evening, so I'd be able to hunt in the morning on a Monday if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But then I got to go and work a 12-hour shift overnight. Right. You know, so that's, right. that's not an easy thing to do when you've been out huffing through the woods in, you know, 20, 30-degree temperatures, you know what I mean, depending on... Yeah, I mean, even up. even just, yeah, just waking up that early and going out and because, I mean, it just beat you down. And that's it. If you're going to hit, you know, state land, public land, you got to be the early bird, man. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not a lot of worms and an awful lot of birds. So you got to right. you got to be in there early. So I'll be, I'll probably be packing in around 3.30, packing into my spot because it's a bit of a jaunt. But, yeah. You know, I think that's why nobody's going. Right. Uh, so I think, it, so I found a nice little bench spot in between two little ridges. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm thinking it's a pretty good travel corridor where they're going through the two areas. So, but I don't know, the wind might be a bear in there. Yeah. Like I mean? who knows, right? Yeah. I, I just don't. So I'm going to get in and check it out. I wanted to get in there and I was going to actually go in and take my climber in mm-hmm. and just drop it there. Yeah. And then go in and just put my name and my, you know, tag on it. Right. Somebody took it, they took it. It's an old climber. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, good luck because the damn thing weighs about 40, 50 pounds. <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, and it's definitely not that heavy, but it's it's not a lightweight stand by any means. But I figure if I took it in and left it there, I would have to pack it in that day. Yeah. But I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, I've, I've hunted out of a climber. This is actually, I don't know, Did I, I forget if we talked about it. We have talked about climbers before. The one yeah. time that I used one, like a long time ago, my parents bought me an old Ameristep and it... it I don't know, I was like 14 or 15, and I was climbing with it, and I just wasn't quite, I don't know, coordinated enough to do it, probably. Mm-hmm. And I, I got like 15 feet, and then it slipped on me. Yeah, and it I've been there. Went down like a foot or so, so I, I hunted right there all night and at that at that height. Um, but this year, there's now I, uh, I have permission for another piece of property, like right behind my house, and there's a couple of climbers back there, and uh, I hunted out of one the one night. It, it, it's not a bad option. It's really not. I but mean, I mean, to to me, if you're if you're just gonna leave a stand there, you might as well get the sticks and and put something already up there because you make a lot of noise. It takes an extra twenty minutes or so to get. Settled. No, you're right. You're right. It's you know they, there's pros and cons to to both types of stand. You know what I mean? The, the climbers are great because they're so portable. Um, but you need a straight tree. You can't have a lot of branches and on that's, it. That's so. something else I don't like. Well, that's it because you yeah. can't really break. You don't get a lot of breakup you know yeah. what I mean? unless you could find a straight tree next to a pine tree or something like that i mean right. you gotta have to really have a, a good setup so you might find a spot you want to hunt but there's no trees so you're screwed right. you can't hunt there yeah like i don't know if you i don't think you've seen any of the stands i've set up no i have yours back here in, in one of the trees we should oh that hawk yeah we should yeah, take yeah. a walk back there i'll show it to you but i tend to get a little crafty and try to you know tuck them away like that one i was telling you about just before you know yeah. you go up 12 feet and then the tree branches off and then you're on another another trunk and i, I mean it's like you're in like a stand because you have a, a full canopy over your head right right and you can see everything and you, you've got another trunk in front of you and one on the side you could get away with murder oh yeah because yeah, i mean they, they just can't stuff, see yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And that's kind of, you know, when I first started getting into it and putting stands up, I'd just go find a tree that looked pretty decent. I'd put a stand there and I wouldn't think yeah. twice about it. Yeah. You know, the, the longer you do it, the, the more little tricks you pick up as you're, you're going, like, you know, where can I, where, what's my backdrop going to be? What's the wind direction going to be? Where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. That's where I want my backdrop. So you really get, but that's kind of cool. That's, again, that we, we've talked about woodsmanship, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and how important that is. And uh, that's kind of what, what kind of comes along with the program. Becoming a tree stand architect. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's an art form, man. Yeah. But anyway, the season's plugging along here, and mm-hmm. uh, it's about to get real good. Yeah, it's definitely heating up, man. Yesterday was Halloween. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's usually a big indicator, you know, a big, uh, you know, check mark on the calendar for, for archery hunters. Yeah. And, and social media is uh, showing a lot of big deer already going down. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I've seen some pretty, pretty big animals uh, being taken uh, here in Pennsylvania. So, and, that, and there you go. You know, too bad that Gary Alt had his way, and yeah, that, you know, that, that silly that goose, bastard. <laughs> stupid antler restrictions, right? Um, I had a, I had a nice opportunity so far. I, I've been thinking about what I'm going to do with my, my footage this year because you know I always try to. Kind of have a plan. I mean, obviously, I'm going to film and do my thing, but I'm thinking about doing maybe, like, episodes next year. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. You know, maybe see how many I could put together and actually make them viable episodes, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out, but I don't want to give away too much. I'm not going to show any footage yet. I mean... Right, right. Most people, if you follow along with, like, my Instagram story or whatever, I mean... Facebook story, Instagram story. I pretty much post everything I see or, you know, a lot of my trail camera footage, but none of that's going to stay. So if you want to kind of follow along and see what I'm seeing, then you got to follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Um, you you go on there and then you hit subscribe, follow. Right. But where do they do that? Like, so if they want to <coughs> find you on Instagram, that's He's, what I'm getting at. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Yeah, it's just at Sons of the Hunt. There you go. Okay. The the tag, I was like, Jesus, you got to download the app. Like, <laughs> go in the app store, download Instagram. Like, really? We're, we're reeling it back. <laughs> we're taking it way back. Oh, man. I just saw Logan just posted a couple of tastes. Well, won't Paul back, but they're obviously Logan's. Monster Smash or Eldorado Smash with Blood Oranges. It might be. I had a Blood Orange beer last night. It was from... Um, Jeez, who made it? Uh, holy crap, I forgot already. There was a blood orange. It was an ale, a blood orange ale I had. Kim bought it, and she didn't really Did it have like presidents it on it? No. Was it Two Roads? No, I had a Two Roads last night also, but that was a different one. We got some big beer news coming up. I'm not going to say anything yet, but big, big news. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be... Uh, yeah, we, there, there's some, some potentially really, really cool stuff coming out of that. Yeah. For sure. Huge um, yeah, the, I like the uh, the orange. I like that. It was pretty good. The one I had last night. I can't. Damn it! I can't remember which one it was. I, I gotta figure out what what they're talking about here with this this El Dorado's monster. Well, they just smash. put out the uh, a new uh, black lager. Yeah, they've had that out before. That's actually my mom's favorite. That's the one. One of the ones he brought when when Logan was on the podcast. Yes, earlier yeah. this year he brought that black lager with him. Yeah, I wish that they. I got. I got to see what this beer is all about now. That was released yesterday, I Monster think, the Blackwater. El Dorado Smash Pale Ale on 170 pounds of blood oranges. 
5.4%, 40 IBUs. That's a drinker. Indeed. Nice. Five five four is the ABV. Yeah, mm, that's not bad. Yeah, you can drink you can a whole bunch drink of those. one or two of those. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, not get carpet burn on your face. But anyway, after you know, we'll get sidetracked here a little bit. It's typical. But yeah, rut's about to kick in. I got some good bucks on on camera. I've got my stand set up. I'm ready to go, man. Sweet, chomping at the bit. And I know right. I had to do a little bit of work tonight, and I don't think I'm going to get to go out later but it looks perfect out there yeah it's looking pretty good i mean for, that wind's you know, dying you down you should have done all your work in the morning and gone out this afternoon that would have been the move yeah but here's the <laughs> thing i'm so impatient that i'm like 30 degrees 30 degrees i'm going out now and they're like well it's gonna be 40 mile an hour winds i was like i yeah. don't care yeah I'm going i had to get out in in one of these really frosty mornings and honestly it wasn't even that frosty I don't know why. Well, the we kicker is, the frost. I was on my way up here today. It was 45 degrees. I was taking my kids out Halloweening last night. It was 72 degrees. Yeah. Last night. It was crazy. And it, today, I, I can't believe that the temperature day, swing. Yeah. Almost 30 degree drop overnight. Yeah. Welcome to Northeast Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. If you don't like the weather, hang out for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It'll change. It'll change. <laughs> it'll change. God, but, uh, yeah, I mean... It's about it. It's just until this thing really kicks in, man. Yeah, it's 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 heating up. I mean, a lot of people lucked out early in the season, yeah. and uh, you know they were able to get it done. Uh, but you know, the people that haven't, your patience is going to pay off soon because yeah. uh, your opportunities are going to come. So if y'all are having any luck, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah, always shoot some pictures and stuff. Yeah, send me a picture. So I can uh, live vicariously through you. Yeah. What's <laughs> what's your plan? Uh, well, I, I, I turned my bow down a little bit. Oh, okay. So yeah, this is, uh, that one of the things I've been struggling with, uh, was I dislocated my right shoulder twice since April. So that's been kind of sucking, but I've been getting back on track to where I was able to draw my bow, but I was still running at like 71, 72 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I dropped the poundage on my bow. I'm down probably to about 66 or so now. So I feel a lot more comfortable with that. So I've, I've been shooting it. Getting it because I have to, of course, recite in now that I dropped the poundage. So it's going to, I have to move my pins. Right. So uh, I've been, I got, I think I'm pretty good. I think I got it dialed in again. It's not hard to do when you've been doing this as long as, you know, um, it's just a a couple arrows and you're on point. Yeah. That's a minor adjustment. Especially when I'm only going out to 30, you know. Um, But I don't know, man. I've, I, I had the, uh, I got my friend's crossbow sitting around just in case I wasn't able to pull it off because I'm really trying to get, to where I don't need it, you know. Not that yeah. I'm, you know, dead set against the crossbow, but if I'm able to shoot my bow, I'm going to shoot my bow. Right. If I struggle with it to where I'm afraid I'm going to wound a deer, well, then I'm going to probably bust out the crossbow and take that. Yeah. So it remains to be seen. But uh, if I decide to go hit that piece of game lands, I'm taking the crossbow. Yeah. Because I'm going to hunt from the ground. Right. It's hard to draw on the ground because it's just too hard to lug stands back to that spot. Right. That's something you got to do in the summertime and get prepped and get it ready to go. It's just not a run and gun spot. Right. So uh, to sit on the ground, run it with a camera and a tripod and a bow, it's just not realistic. Yeah. So uh, the less movement, the better. So if I decide to go back there, I'll probably bring bring the uh, crossbow back, put it up on one of my, I have a big bipod that I use for my rifle. Yeah. Just set it up on the bipod and, uh, Cross rifle, the cross right. rifle. I'll be a cross rifle guy. Cross gun, dude. One of the the best memes I've seen so far was um, uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, his name, her name. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm not going to feed into it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, just, I, I find it like I, find I said it funny. to each their own, man. Well, that's it. I'm the same. I'm the same way, you know. But it's just it's it's so funny how people are taking that to such a level. And, uh, and you know what? I, I mean, I'm not gonna not gonna lie. Like I knocked it when it first started, but I mean, the more you you think about it, like it's it's good for the overall. Community. Oh yeah, I'm I mean, fine with it, it. Whatever gets people in the woods, like yeah. like my buddy just bought a crossbow the other day, and you know what he told me Saturday morning, last Saturday morning, he's like, he texts me, he goes, "Dude, you're gonna hate me." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Are you not coming tonight to the to the party?" Because we were having a Halloween party, right, right. and he's like, "No, I bought a crossbow." I was like, "Dude, I don't care. Whatever gets you in the woods, and you keep buying a license is good enough for me." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to happen. They're not going to, you know, backpedal on this. It, mm-hmm. Crossbows are crossbows. They're here. And you know what? The the best thing we could do now is promote people hunting with them in, you know, an ethical fashion. Absolutely. You know, show people how to do it right. I mean, it it shouldn't be any different hunting with a bow or hunting with a crossbow. You know what I mean? You should You should be... The, the range should be the same. You know, I, I've, the thing that scares me though is a couple of people I've talked to recently, like, oh yeah, you get a little bit more range. No, you don't. Right. You really don't. You know, like, oh yeah, I could, you know, keep a half inch group at 50 yards. Yeah, that's great. But that arrow has no weight behind it, you know? And it, I don't know. There it is. So I, it just popped up in my memories today. So I wanted to show it to you. So this is the, this is, so the crossbow I have, belo- it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to my, uh, my good friend Damien. And uh, he bought it because he was having some medical issues and, and, and couldn't really shoot his bow. But this popped up in my memories today. This was his first, his first deer. You see what he's shooting? Yeah. He shot that with a recurve. Nice. You know what I mean? And, uh, dude, it, this this guy is hardcore traditional. I wish my mustache game were that good. Yeah, and the thing is, he that dude's got a pretty legit mustache and like curls all the way out the sides. He'll yeah. shave it off, and in two weeks, it's back. It's like, how the hell do you do that, man? I try to grow facial hair, and I look like Joe Dirt. It's uh oh hey, uh, are you getting a phone call through your computer? So that's my wife's computer. Oh, <laughs> and her house is calling her. Her house is calling her computer. That's 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 technology right there. Her parents brother. are calling her phone. Oh, all right. Like so, it, ooh. damn Apple. Well, what are you gonna do? You know? <laughs> but yeah, that dude's like hardcore traditional, um, and you know, shoots he shoots recurve. I mean, he always teases me that I have training wheels on my bow. You know what I mean? And but and he's the one with the crossbow. But I mean, he got it because he still wanted to be out hunting. Yeah. But couldn't shoot his recurve anymore because of some health issues he was having. Yeah, so it doesn't bother up, me at right. all. It I, is what it is, you know? I don't, like, my dad, uh, he was working on the house somewhere like a month and a half ago, and he fell off a ladder. Oh, okay. And he messed up his shoulder pretty yeah. good. He was just telling me the other day about it. Uh, he's like, oh, my shoulder hurts. I was like, well, what's wrong with it? He's like, oh, I fell off the ladder. <laughs> I was like... Did, well, did you go to the, the doctor? And he's like, no. I was like, well, don't you think you better? It, a month and a half later, yeah, it's yeah. still like aching. You should probably go. But he's, you know, he's... he's to walk it off. And well, now he, I, I, you know, we have, he has a crossbow. Mm. So, I mean, 
if his shoulder hurts, he can't draw the bow, take the crossbow. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's not, I mean, that's, I mean, if I, if I can shoot my bow, I'm gonna, because that's just what I love to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, but if, if I can't, well, guess what? <laughs> I like venison more than I like pride. So, uh, yeah. I got no problem with it. So if, you know, y'all are crossbow hunters, man, more power to you. Go get it. Send us a picture of the slammer buck you put an arrow through. Just don't do it at 80 yards. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> know, know your range. You know, there's, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you couldn't go off and we could have a whole I know. seminar uh, on, you know, what you should be doing. But you, you shouldn't be shooting over 30 or 40 yards, 40 at the most with yeah. a crossbow. Because people think, oh, I could, I could shoot this thing at 100. And freaking Raven is advertising it that oh, I way. Know. Yeah. That, shame on them. A hundred yard cross hundred yard crossbow. Yeah. Or no. What, what uh, was, was it? it? A three inch group or a two inch no, group at It was uh it said, let me introduce you to your new rifle. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I think you might have tagged me in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's BS, man. Because mm-hmm. I've seen the, you've seen the commercials where it's like the rifle shoots and hits the target and then the arrow lands. Yeah. Then the rifle shoots and the arrow lands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah, they're not they're not doing us any favors. Uh, by doing that, but hey, whatever. I mean, that's how they want to approach it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's about energy, kinetic energy, and and mass. I mean, crossbow bolts are a lot yeah, smaller than weight. most arrows. Yeah, people people don't understand that you you need you need something heavy. That's it. It's got to carry energy momentum. when it hits. You know, otherwise it's going to stick in them an inch or two and flop around as they run away. And yeah. That's no good. No. So yeah, but uh, like you said, we can really yeah, dive can, deep on that. But that's that's the biggest thing. It, it's not. I don't have a problem with the weapon. I have a problem with the lack of knowledge. Yeah, you know, like you, that's it. You start. You know. You, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna I know, stop myself. I know that they have. <laughs> <laughs> they have the uh, the bow hunter class that they offer. Yes, and you know it. it it's almost like. If you're going to bow hunt or crossbow hunt, it's almost like that should almost be a requirement. Yeah. You know, when I started doing this, that wasn't even a thing. Yeah. You know, so we didn't have the, the, it wasn't available when I started doing this. Um, and I started doing it a little bit later in life. I didn't start archery hunting until I was in my mid twenties mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it wasn't a thing, but yeah, I mean, I thought about taking it just to see, Yeah. but I don't know. I've, I've got a little bit of experience under my belt at this point so yeah i i, I mean it, it's something now if it came out it should be any new hunter that buys a license that yeah, wants it, to it bow would hunt be, i'm sure helpful for no no question you know yeah. who's anyone's who's interested in it my my thing is you know I, I my time is very valuable so to spend it doing something like that not to say it would be a waste of my time but i have other things i could be doing with that time yeah um, yeah, so I don't think, and if I had some extra time on my hands, I might do it just to see, you know, I'd be pretty cool, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't got that kind of time on my hands to go, uh, sitting through a course that I'm not sure I'm going to get a whole lot out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I understand that. I get that. But yeah, it definitely would be helpful. It's nice that it's available now for yeah. people who are, you know, intrigued by, by the sport, uh, that they have the opportunity to go and take a course like that because it is helpful. Cause I mean, it's not only just like the equipment, but like how to track. I've gone hunting with guys that I know have hunted for years. Yeah. And they didn't know how to track an animal yeah. to save their life. It's crazy how you take this kind of, that kind of thing for granted. Like, and you don't even realize that like, if you were going out just starting and trying to figure it out on your own, yeah, how, how easy it is to make a mistake if you're 
tracking a wounded animal. You get one or two feet off track, you know, off course, and you lose everything. Yeah. Or, you know? or, I if mean, you people... don't remember to mark your last spot, you, you turn around, now you just lost your last blood, you can't find that, now you spend an hour and a half trying to find your last blood. Yeah. It's a scene, man. Or people that... It gets very disheartening, and, you know, it, you want to give up, you know? Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, but how about people that just, you know, hit the deer and just decide to go look in the direction it ran? You know, oh, yeah. Like, there's people that wouldn't even think, like, mm -hmm. all right, I should follow the blood so I know exactly right. where he ran. You well, know? that was it. When when Damien shot his first doe, you know, he messaged me. It was, it was like, last light mm -hmm. when, when he shot that deer. And he messaged me. He's like, uh, he's like I, I hit one. I'm like, did you? He says, it was a good shot. He's like, I think so. I think it was a good shot. It felt good. Everything felt good. I was like, all right. I said, did you, are you still in your blind? He's like, yeah, because he was, he was in a ground blind. Which is really tricky to do is shoot a recurve in a ground blind. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he did it because he was shooting sideways. He right. was like shelf shooting off the side, you know. And, and he st he made he managed to do it because that was a discussion we had at great length. Like, how are you going to be able to? Are you going to be comfortable well, with a, a long, you know, a sixty inch bow in this? And he's like, I think I can do it. And he practiced and he but he it was his ground blind, so he knew his limitations and stuff and. So uh, he he shot it, and he's like, I think it ran over and, and dropped in the field across the road. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's start where your arrow is. And we started right there, and we, we pretty much knew where the deer was, but we still followed the blood trail yeah, to the deer. Yeah, it's important to do. And it's just, you're gonna, you, you never know what you're going to learn. Right. You know what I mean? You, you, you overlook something that, that simple, and it's like, man, you're missing an opportunity there. Right. So, uh, and that was his first deer, so it was important to kind of run through the paces so to speak get the, the the full experience you know yep and sure enough we we went to the road and we got across the road and i'm like all right this is our last blood because we lost it for a second so do you stand here i'm just going to walk you know 10 yards in and just see if i could spot her you know and sure enough i'm like oh she was 10 feet from me i mean yeah. she was less than 25 feet from the edge of the road so yeah. just higher grass where she fell and we just couldn't see her so it was a good deal you know yeah. and he was ecstatic you know that it was quite an accomplishment because he had been shooting that recurve for two years straight and he was able to harvest a, a really nice doe and uh it was a good time spent the whole next day breaking her down in my yard yeah it, it, it's good to go through all the all the steps like that though you know like well, that's it the... it's it you build habits you know what i yeah. mean it's, it's good habits for sure well hopefully we'll be doing some of that soon yeah that would be an interesting little uh video project breaking a deer down breaking a deer down tracking a deer tracking, tracking a deer yeah yeah that would be good too yeah Good stuff. Well, hopefully we won't have to track one too far, but yeah, if we do, we'll be sure to document it carefully. Indeed. Yeah, that'd be uh, helpful for us and for anybody who gets the chance to get a look at it. Yeah, absolutely. But that brings us a little over a half hour on the first half. We'll Sweet. Uh, we'll wrap this up, take a little break, and then we've got stuff planned for this. Reload. Half. Indeed. All right. We'll be right back. We came up with a pretty good topic, I think, for the second half. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, it, it's dare I say topical. <laughs> I mean, it's that's pretty good yeah, actually. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it, it's going to be very relevant for uh, the, this time of year. As uh, we're, yeah, I think so. We're getting ready to start sitting all day long, and uh, something we never really talked about is how much we actually prepare for just even for a morning sit or an afternoon sit, how much, and and a lot of it is definitely self-inflicted because, you know, we film. Yeah. It, that adds a whole nother dynamic to. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is if I'm not ready to the extent that I feel like I need to be, I won't even go, which I mean, you know, it's good and bad, but most of the time, you know, I get there. Right. Right. But I don't even know where, like, where, where do you start? And I, like we were saying before, that is kind of what takes so long when you're when you're getting ready to to go hunting the next day. Yeah, there's so many different things that that we need to get ready and have. What's the word? I don't want to say prematurely, but we need to have it. It has to be premeditated. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and it is. It's challenging. I mean, we because you know there's a lot of uh, like a mental checklist that yeah. has to kind of happen as well. And it's like, okay, do I have, what do I need first of all? What time of year is it? Is it early season? Is it late season? Is it an all day sit? Am I just going out for four hours in the evening? Like, right. you know, and, and every one of those situations require a different strategy sometimes, you know what I mean? Many times. Right. So, and when you do film, which a lot of people are doing that now, it's becoming more common because the technology is allowing us to do it, whether you put a Tacticam on the front of your bow or a GoPro or whatever, or a full-blown DSLR with a, you know, a heavy-duty muddy arm or whatever it is. I mean, you can really, the spectrum is very wide. Right. So you have a lot of different options out there. So when you throw that dynamic into the mix, it's like, okay, the battery's charged. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got my. Do I have an extra card? Do I have a card? You know how many times I got there with to the turn yeah. my camera on and the, the, that evil little no card yeah. sign flashes yep. up and you're like, no. Yeah. Yep. So you gotta like you know, and it's and those are those mistakes that you know hopefully you don't make more than once or twice because yeah. uh, that'll definitely cripple the whole aspect of that of that hunt. You know. Yep. And, and that's just the the filming side. You know. Yeah. Do you have your release? I think that's kind of what takes up most of my time preparing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just because we, we we were trying to go through it before, and and like you said, just having so many different things to think about, it it would the mental checklist. I should just make a real a real list. I used to do that. I used to have little laminated cards for yeah. my dove because I used to hunt a lot of different stuff. Right. So my dove hunting, my duck hunting, my deer hunting, right. my small game. We used to do a lot of rabbit hunting and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was just too much to keep track of. Yeah. So I would have these little card checklists and I would just like, okay, do I got that, 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 we're good. All right. And it does, it makes it so much easier, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm just a glutton for punishment maybe lately because I just don't find myself doing that as much anymore, but yeah, you know. Yeah. I I mean, I'm, I'm actually pretty good. I haven't really found myself sitting in the stand like, oh, I don't have this and this isn't working. So I mean, well now what? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the the first thing that I'm usually doing the night before is getting all the all the batteries on the chargers because it's, it's a whole process. You have to think about the things that take like time. Mm-hmm. Like batteries take time to charge. The other thing that I usually do is when when I put the batteries on, I go in and I take the the tray out of the washing machine, like where the yep. 
detergent goes and everything. And I'll put the, the washing machine on like a sanitized cycle, clean out the washing machine, you know, in preparation to, you know, wash clothes and get that done. Um, from there, I usually collect all my cards that I have and I start, you know, making sure that they're all empty. I empty them before every hunt, put everything on the hard drives, make sure I've got them. And then I'm, then I usually start thinking about like my pack, you know, I'll take my pack outside. I'll spray that down. I'll hang it on the hook. I'll take my harness. I'll hang that on the hook. I'll spray that down. Um, and then I'll probably start thinking about the clothes that I'm going to wear tomorrow. So then again, I'm thinking like, what, what's the weather going to be like? Mm-hmm. So I could, you know, have the right, right clothes for right. that. Do I need an extra layer? Right. You know I mean? And then on top of that, I'm thinking, where am I going to hunt if I'm going to like lay a dragon? Cause then I'm going to have to have my sense with me and whatnot. Then I have to think about which tree I'm going to. And if I have a tree arm in there, like the, uh, like a bow hanger. Cause I, I'll tell you what, I started hunting with those a couple of years ago. Well, actually, what since I started filming, and if you don't have a bow hanger, like I never used to hunt with them. I used to just hold my bow the entire time. Yeah. So I would always be ready to go. Mm-hmm. But now with the camera, you know, you, you're going to need two hands. Yeah, definitely. So you got to have a hanger. I usually have a, a screw and step that okay. I'll put behind me, and then yep. I'll hang my pack on that. Yep. So I'm thinking about that. I'm making sure that the uh, the other thing that I definitely need to do is get a second fluid head because I need to make sure that we didn't do a podcast and I, I'm leaving my fluid head on the tripod. Right, take right, that, right. Put that on my camera arm. Put that up by my pack. Then I make sure that my actual camera bag has everything I need in it, which is usually an extra set of contacts, eye drops. I usually throw a chapstick in there. All my tags are in there. So then I'm going to start setting up my pack, put that in the bottom of my pack. But I can't fully pack it yet because the batteries are still charging. The GoPro is charging. Get all the cards, load everything in there. And now <laughs> I have a beer. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've done a lot at this point. Well, well, that's it. There's so much that you you can't afford not to be proactive with. Yeah. You know, the car, you, you can't wake up. And be like, oh damn, I didn't charge my batteries. Yeah, because now you're done. Yep, you're not filming. By the today. time they're, that's it. You're either going to not film or you're not going to go. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of things you have to be proactive with, and trying to separate those tasks out uh, in your brain can yeah. be a little bit challenging. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I saw a post the other day. It was pretty funny. It was a guy sitting in his tree stand. It was a, a picture of his feet, and he was wearing Crocs. Yeah. He forgot his boots. Got his boots. <laughs> So he had to wear his Crocs into the tree stand, which, you know, kudos, man. At least you still went. Toughed you know it mean? out, yeah. That's because, I mean, if you've got to get in and it's not exactly warm out, even if you've got good hunting socks on, those Crocs, they got a lot of holes in them. Yeah. The wind cuts right through them. They're vented. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a I'm, I'm not going to, no, never mind. Never mind. I'm going to stray away from that little, <laughs> I, I almost fell in my own trap there uh, on the Croc thing. Um but the you know there's things that you can like last minute go oh I almost forgot my release or I yep. almost forgot my hat or I almost forgot my whatever and you can grab it and you're good. Yeah. It's the things that you have to be like very proactive with that can be really challenging. Right. If you screw it up, well you screwed it up. You can't fix it. You don't have time. Yeah, you got you got to stay disciplined on that kind of stuff. Like you know, otherwise it mm-hmm. it'll go astray and it's really easy to, if you're going to start doing this and start yeah. filming, mm-hmm. just go forget it. Forget yep. it. It's it's so easy to just say no, nah, not today. Yeah, no, I know. I've been there where I'm sitting there going, man, I'm just I just don't want to do it. I just want to go sit in the woods and enjoy my day. 
and then I'll do it and I'll get there and I'll go, damn it, I wish I brought my camera. I can't believe I, I bitched out and didn't bring it. You know what I mean? So now I just make it a habit to always bring it. You know what I mean? If I yeah. get something great, if I don't, I don't, but at least I have the opportunity. I'll have it with me. Right. You know, once you get it down to a bit of a science, it's not hard to, yeah. to, to, it's not that much more weight. I mean, I think all my camera gear, arm, everything, maybe five or six pounds. Right. So it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, you know, Mine's heavy. It's just, if I could, if, if I could just like leave everything in my bag the way it is, but things change. Yep. You know, you can't really do that. Otherwise, you, you've got a 40-pound pack because of all the crap that you need sometimes. Yep. Certain, and, and certain things just have to go in last. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the, the, that's the, a good point, how you organize your bag. Yeah. You know, my how you pack it. And my pack has to be packed the same way every time. Yeah. You know, I take my – I have, like, that that camera bag mm-hmm. that goes right in my pack. Right. And then the camera goes in that. That gets zipped. And then the base and then the – camera like the actual arm goes in the front and then my rattling horns go together and tie on top of that and then snaps over yeah so i mean everything so when i disassemble everything comes out in the order that i need it it. yeah Yeah. it's all like you know muscle memory at that point you know because you know exactly where everything is you have to be able to do it in the dark well that's it i mean i have two different packs that i use i have a smaller one a lighter pack with just a few things and i have a bigger one where if i'm going to go like for instance i'm going to go up to a state game land spot Mm -hmm. and i might have to quarter a deer in the woods rather than drag it two and a half miles i might have to break it down right you know and i'll that comes down to another thing i I, that i'll touch on that i don't know if uh, a lot of people think much about uh is what i call my kill bag yeah like i have a little it's a husky i think it's actually a bag that you would use to keep invoices and stuff like that for a construction thing i bought it at home depot it's like a big canvas black zipper bag Mm -hmm. like a big envelope bag and i keep i think i might have brought it in uh last time when we we went i showed you i had some knives and stuff in that and some saws and bags and gloves and all the stuff Mm -hmm. you would use to gut a deer would have What's that? The something like the bag like Dexter would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a, like a serial killer. Dexter bag. I got several different blades and knives and stuff. Garbage but, bags. You know, and when it's zip full, ties. yeah, yeah, some saran wrap. <laughs> but when it when it's full, it's because I have a boning knife. I've got a caping knife. I've got a small saw for like small bone saw. I've got yeah. bags, zip ties, pens for tat. Right. I mean, it's it's got everything you could possibly need. Yeah. But you don't always need that big bag. Yeah. You know, like I'll go with my buddy up to New York every once in a while, and we're kind of out there sometimes. And, you know, we can usually get a truck pretty close, but you don't know. So yeah. when I'm out there, I don't know that area that well. So I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Right. So I'll pack that thing and throw it in my pack, you right. know. I mean, even that thing, the whole thing weighs maybe three pounds. I mean, all the knives are smaller, thinner. It's like those pack light series from Buck Knives. Mm-hmm. Those things are badass. Yeah, they're sweet. Because there's just nothing to them. It's just a metal frame there's no nope. handle material they're pretty nice lightweight uh easy to deal with blades and they're sharp as uh, sharp as anything so they're you know it's easy to have something like that yeah. to where you have everything in one spot so you just got to grab that bag throw it in your pack otherwise i have my regular hunting knife which is also a buck knife um big fan of that thing i've had that thing since jesus i think 93 or 94 when i bought yeah. that thing but it's like you know that's always separate because right. that if i can get away with just that but you know that's and that's usually all I carry. Yeah, because I'll anywhere I'm shooting a deer, I, I usually think about. I I well, well I'll put it this way I don't think about that until I have to. Right, right. Because like you know I'll I'll leave and come back with what I need. Sure. Because I, I the 
nowhere I hunt around here is that remote. There, right. There's there's a couple of places like way up on top of that mountain right, right. that I'll hunt. And if I, I, I have killed deer up there, but it's just been a long drag, you know, I, sure. and I just, I just go for it now, you know, I don't know the way my back is. I might, might have to think twice about that, but yeah, usually that's, that's an afterthought for me. I figure, all right, I'll, I'll get phase one complete and then we'll worry about phase we'll two. We'll begin yeah. to move on to phase two. Yeah. But yeah, usually I only have my buck knife in my bag. Make sure that that's sharp. That's another thing that stays in there. And I'm trying to think the other, I have to have the, uh, the external mic that goes in the front pack, mm-hmm. range finder. I don't carry binoculars with me because I figure if I can't see it, I'm not shooting it. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good thought because some people, hell or high water, they got binos, you know what I mean? Yeah. They had their binoculars. And, and I'm very situational with it. Mm. Um, I, I usually, I have my range finder strapped. Like I, I rigged it up so I can clip my range finder onto my binocular strap. It's like the harness. Right. So it's almost like, second nature just to grab my binoculars too but they're not real heavy so they're easy to easy to carry but uh, i always want to have my rangefinder. nope grunt That's tube it. i'd rather yeah grunt tube grunt tube has to be in there mm-hmm. and then usually i i carry uh i think it's called outdoor extreme or out xe maybe it's a it's an external charger oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that thing holds like 12 charges for my phone sure yeah, it all and it has too. all the usbs so once in a while i'll carry the GoPro charger, if it's like a cold day, because the GoPro batteries seem to go yeah. real fast. So what I end up doing is, like the middle of the day, I'll take the GoPro out and I'll charge that for you know a little while just to yeah, keep just that keep battery, battery juiced. Up. Yeah, yeah. There's a little trick for you. One of one of the tricks that you threw out last year that I didn't even think about was throwing hand warmers in your camera bag. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the cold zaps those batteries. Um, so you throw a hand warmer in the bag with the camera. Oh, sorry, I thought something out your window. Could, um, be, it could be, man. It's No, it was just a leaf. Yeah. You know, I'm on like freaking high alert or something. I don't know. My brain's... Willing your eyes. I'm telling, see, yep, there you go. <laughs> we were just talking about that, too. That's it. So the, the the second part to this, I mean, and we didn't even get through through all of it, because the other thing I'm thinking is after I get the clothes all washed and, and dried, and I usually, sometimes I have a tote. This year, I my, my tote broke, and I just didn't buy a new one yet, so I'm just using un- unscented garbage bags. They work just as well. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, my my opinion on going to the lengths that I do with scent control has totally changed. It, you're not stopping a deer from smelling. You're just not. I, I don't I don't care what anyone says. You know, just hunt the wind. You know, that's it. I'm I'm 100 on board with that because listen, and I will. I I still wash my clothes and scent free because if yeah. you, if you can buy you 10 seconds. You might need that ten seconds, and it's it's also the the mental game. Well, sure, you know you you just think, all right, well these clothes don't smell, but the the best thing that I've done recently just climb hemlock trees and cut a bunch of branches, and yeah. all my clothes just are sticky with sap, and they they smell like hemlock trees, man. Yeah, and it, it's it's the best cover. Like I don't know, most of my clothes usually sit on on the port, the back porch, or whatever, you know, yeah. in the bag. And yeah, I have a bin that I I use. I used to throw those little dirt wafers in there. Yeah, but I started thinking about it. Like, I think it smells like dirt. Does a deer think that smells like dirt? Right. Or does he think it smells like what the hell is that? Like, is it synthetic dirt? Yeah. I, I would throw. I used to throw leaves and sticks and stuff sure. in there, but it, then you got moisture in there and they get yeah, musty and mold and it gets dirty and it starts to even have a different kind of funk to it. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where you can be as scent scent free as you want to be, 
but they're sure as hell going to smell that coffee you drank on your way in, yeah. in the car. Yeah, just <laughs> e- even if you didn't, even if you're just drinking water. Like, I don't yeah. drink coffee in the morning, and it's still just your breath. That's your it. natural breath, your, your breath, skin, your, the oil yeah, on your odor, skin. They, they can smell that stuff a mile away. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, if, if you can just, if they're on the edge of the wind and that, you yeah. know, scent control regiment buys you enough time to get your bow back and let one fly, well, then, you know, maybe it was worth it. Um, but, yeah, the wind is is, is crucial. I, I, I'm also lucky enough now that I have a stand for, like, any scenario of the wind. So yeah. I know that as long as the wind stays predominantly one way, yeah. Then I know I'll get if the deer are in front of me, I'll, I'm fine. Right, and right, right. and I've just been leaning towards that more than anything else, just because you, you just you know you're gonna get winded by deer. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. Sure. Part so, of it. So I guess the next thing that we we talked about on our little break was once we're kind of all packed and ready to go, how we, you know, one thing I do is. I kind of grade myself on my entry performance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm an entry expert. Yeah. I always get in there, you know? So <laughs> basically what we're what we're we're innuendoing about is once you how you get in the stand, yeah, how clean you you get in there. Right, right. So for example, this morning I forgot, I didn't forget the spray. Well, I guess technically I did. I mean, I I thought, I assumed it was in the truck, but I couldn't find it to spray down. And that, again, that's another peace of mind thing because well, whatever. Right. I knew I had r- the right wind, so it didn't bother me too much. So I start heading in the, the stand and I bumped, I don't know, five or six deer. And I never bump deer in the morning. I, yeah. I don't know, this is a rare occurrence. And it was about 150 yards away from my stand. And I figure on November 1st, if you're bumping like five deer together, you're kind of thinking one of them is probably a buck. Right. And then, so right off the bat, my my mental state was knocked down a peg. Kind of tangled I was, a little. I was foaming at the mouth to hunt this morning. Sure. And I just felt super confident. So I go, I get in there. I, I get to the tree and I start climbing the tree. And maybe just because my mind was a little off and I was already starting to, I was still thinking about those deer. I felt like I just had like an awkward climb into the tree. You know what I mean? And I was sweating a little bit. I put in a, my sweatshirt on. Probably should have left the sweatshirt off. That was another thing that I try to think of. What am I going to wear walking in? Because I don't want to be a sweaty mess when I get there. Right, right. So I got in the tree and uh, something tinked off of some kind of metal. I, I don't know. It might have been my camera arm. And I hate when that happens. Mm-hmm. That's something else that just drives me nuts. Travels for miles. It's what that it little, sounds like. It's, tink. It, it's like the ground shook. It was so loud. It what was really... the what was the sound effect from last episode? Krong, krong. <laughs> sounds like a robot fart. <laughs> yeah. So I finally get like everything set up, and I that part went decently smooth enough. And so then I'm sitting there, and I look at the my GoPro mount on my bow is a little off kilter. So I started playing with that. And I don't know if everyone's familiar with it, but it's two screws that tighten around and it tightens uh, two pieces together. Mm-hmm. Like a clamp almost. And I'm tightening and tightening and I'm staring at it. And just after I finished tightening, I picked the bow up and I held it in front of my face and bing! <laughs> one of the little screws goes flying off that and the sucks. thing basically flops down. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, 
now I'm trying to improvise and get this thing on my bow. So today's entry performance was like a B minus. A B minus. All right. At best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ki- not kicking deer out and maybe not even a B minus. Maybe yeah, even st- I think you're starting to trend, though, with this whole grading thing, because it's an interesting take on it. Because, you know, I, I've I've done the same thing, but I haven't thought about it, really. Yeah. You know, I do the same thing when I get in. I'm like, okay, so far, so good. But, you know, and that sets you, like you said, your mindset. Yep. You get in, you feel good, the wind is right, you didn't make too much noise, yep. you know, you're not burping and stomping and you're stepping like and breaking on sticks and all that kind of crazy stuff. You know, you get in, you, you're in good shape. And you've, it sets you up for a you know a pretty positive outlook. But when you you trip and you fall and you roll, you drop your bow. Now you're thinking, did I crack a pin? Is my yeah. sight off now or yeah. whatever? You know, you just get all these this negativity building up yeah. in your brain, man. It can really transition into a, a a rough a rough day, especially if you're gonna sit all day in questionable weather. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's gonna look yeah. cooler out. And... The all day sit. So I mean, usually on those days, if if you have a, a subpar entry performance, <laughs> it's it's not as bad because you figure, you know, you're going to be there all day. Yeah, yeah. So it's not as bad. You can shake it off after an hour or two. But, yeah. man, I'll tell you what. There are times that I've gotten in the stand A-plus entry performance, and I'm sitting there like, I'm a ninja. Mm-hmm. Like, I just snuck in. I didn't even hear myself come in here. Like, <laughs> I just woke up here. Yeah. It's just like, what just happened? Like, like the, the camera arm goes on the tree silently. Everything is just... It's just clicking without clicking. No clicks. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. And your your mental state is just in a, a different place at that point. You're like, this is perfect. This, sure. It's fate that a deer walks by today because right? this was too perfect. I earned it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, no, that's it. And then it's like, it's funny because when you started talking about that earlier, I, I, I knew exactly what you were saying, but I never thought of it that way. I've yeah. never kind of... Uh, you never no, graded your graded, own entry. I, I mean, I have, but like, I don't think I've ever assigned it a gr- an actual grade. Letter but grade. I've thought thought about it. Like, you know what? I think I did all right today. We're in good shape. Or, you know, I think I I, I notice more the negative side of it than the positive. Yeah. Like, if I get in there and everything's good, I feel pretty good about it. But I don't really focus on it. But when I have a rough entry, then it's that's you know, never good, man. Never good. You never want a rough entry. You know, they'll they'll be sending your your letter grade home to your wife. I'm telling you, you know, you don't want a letter sent home. <laughs> no sir. About no, your sir. entry performance, I never want a letter about my entry performance. No, it's, sent that's, anywhere. You know, it's it's a bad day. It's yeah. a bad day when you get letters. Yeah. You know, but I mean uh, that that whole thing could be we. And the only reason we brought that up is because you you uh you brought up the idea of like a, like your mental state and the, the the whole roller coaster ride of just deer season in general. Like yeah. If you're really invested, you know, you, you come in with all kinds of confidence like I did today, and then, you know, it's 9 o'clock and you you haven't seen a deer, and you're like, this is all my fault. It's yeah. terrible. I'm I'm quitting hunting. I'm going yep. to go home. I'm going to sell my <laughs> bow. Start playing tennis. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and it's wild. And then once you get into what I'm about to get into with two weeks here of, like, sitting all day, Yep. that's when it really starts beating on you. Especially, oh, sure. Boy, an all-day sit. Not seeing a deer will really hinder your your mental game, especially when you're planning on doing the same thing again the next day. <sighs> yeah, it's hard, man. You know, I I've done it a, a bunch of times. You know, yeah. and it's like even if you're in a, a positive mental attitude, you have it, it's it's a long day. People say, "How do you do that? How do you just sit in a tree for twelve hours?" Yeah, oh, it's not easy. I'm it's not hard. gonna lie. 
Yeah. But it's that, you know, you, you kind of get these self-imposed expectations, I guess is the way to put it, that you, it's like, okay, this is what I want to do and what do I need to do to accomplish the goal I set for myself in July or right. last December or January, depending on when you choose to stop going out in the woods. You know what right. I mean? Sometimes you don't have a, it's not a choice. It's the season ended and that's it. Um, other people will, you know, and mid-November, that's it. They're done hunting or they'll go and hunt rifle season and, you know, right after Thanksgiving for the two or three weeks or whatever and that's it. Yeah. Then you, day after Christmas, you get another opportunity. But you got to take your bow and you're going to freeze your ass off. So it's like, that's a whole nother yeah. road, but... Trying to be mentally stronger than the weather. That's it, you know? So you, you have these these goals that you set for yourself, and you know, and you want to try and, and accomplish them, and you got to figure out what it's going to take to do that. Um, you know, and there's all these variables that start to kind of cloud that, that goal sometimes, you right. know, whether it's time or, you know, something happens where you got to get a new job or you have a kid or, you know, something changes life, life in general, just yeah. kind of throws you a couple curveballs. And unfortunately, the older you get, you know, the, the farther down the list of, you know, immediate priorities uh, right. an all day sit is going to fall. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it, that all comes down to, you know, spousal support, I guess. True. You know, true. Not everybody has super supportive wives that are cool with this kind of thing. So they're so cool, though. So cool. But <laughs> they don't listen anyway, so. <laughs> no, highly unlikely. Yeah. But yeah, yeah just I mean, man, it, there's a lot of obstacles, to say the least. There is. And, and you know, I, I think that the, the one thing, though, that you can control is, like like we've been talking about, your, your mental state. Yeah. The whole thing, like, it could change in two seconds, you know? And that's that's... That's the opinion, opinion, mindset. Yeah. That's a mindset you got to keep. Just, you know, it's cold and you've been there for nine hours, but it only takes 30 seconds. That's it. And, and you, you start to, that, that, uh, that, that feeling creeps up in the back of your head of that time you got caught slipping. Mm. You don't want to do it. So, yeah. and that's where it, what I think is probably most fatiguing about an all day sit is trying to keep your edge. Right. You you have to, you're always kind of looking around. And I mean, there's been times where I get up in the morning, I go sit for 10, 11 hours, and I come home and I never spoke a word. Yeah. Like my yeah. voice is still deep. Like it's, I just woke up. Yeah. Because you know? I never, I never utter a single word. Yeah. Uh, because I don't have to. I talk yeah. to myself in my head. You know yep. what I mean? So it's like one of those, but, but even though you didn't do anything like that, and you're sitting in a stand all day, trying to stay in a stand in a seated position like that. And they're not yeah. built like recliners. They're yeah. not built for comfort. I will admit I'm up and down. Oh, yeah. I do the same yeah. thing. I have to. I mean, I've had numerous injuries. Yeah. You know, so. I, I mean, honestly, I stand, I think, more than I sit. I, I do, too. I'm more comfortable standing. And you, you fidget a little bit. And, and you're then, ready. And that's it. You're, you don't have to stand up. Yeah. You know, I prefer to shoot from a standing position versus sitting. I can yeah. shoot from sitting, but I prefer to stand, you know. Yeah. But it's like there's so much mental focus that goes on that it does. It burns you out. And you, you know where, where this is leading? It, it happens so often. Just pretty much about whatever we happen to be talking about. But this definitely is a, is a character-building trait. Oh, hell like, yeah. Like, without a doubt, man. It's just, it's just regimented 
disciplined, uh, you know, and just being able to control your mental state. Yeah, staying true to your personal goals, making yeah. sure you like this is this is the goal I set. You know, you you're gonna you know sometimes fluctuate. You're gonna settle every once in a while just because you're kicking your own ass. Yeah, you're like you know what, you know that whole saying. Uh, I hear people say it all the time: is don't pass something on the first day that you'd be happy yeah, shooting sure on the, the last day. day or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I call BS on that. Yeah, who cares, man? <laughs> sure, sure you want. Well, that's it. But yeah. like, if I, you know, there's you know, in the early season, you might see a you know a two and a half year old basket eight point and be like, mm, I'm not going to shoot him. I got a long yeah. season. But it's like now it's January twelfth. <laughs> different. It's different, yeah. man. That like basket eight's going home in the back of my car. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. So you can definitely, you know, there's definitely variables that are going to be there when you're going to be able to kind of change your, you know, personal goals a little bit, be flexible there. But the fact is, you know, you, I want to fill my freezer this year. That's yeah. my goal. Or I want to, I want to shoot a good buck. I want to shoot a mature animal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, staying true to those personal goals, kind of maintaining the, you know, the love of the game, if you will. Yeah. That That's, that's character building, man. Yeah. And, you know, just to touch on that, um, I've always been of the mindset, like, I'll eat a tag every other year, and I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. because I was, it's funny, I was actually thinking about this today when I was on the way in. I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold out for as long as I could, but you have to be realistic. You oh, know, sure. You're, you're not always going to get a four-and-a-half-year-old. You're, how, how often do you get a shot at a four-and-a-half-year-old deer? Right, right. Not mm-hmm. often. That's it. it. They don't slip up may, much. May, maybe every couple years. It's not going to happen every year. That's right. for sure. You know? So take a three and a half, take a two and a half. You know, take the best animal that you can because I'll tell you what, like the coyotes aren't aging deer. The, the a bear, bears are eating fawns. Like mm-hmm. are, are, are we neglecting our predatory role? when we start being too selective like that. Yeah, it's possible for sure. I mean, again, it depends on what your what your goals are. You know, it comes right back around to that. Yeah. Like what are your personal goals? And and you know, if there if you set a lofty goal and you decide to stick to it, it's not wrong with that. Just right. understand the repercussion of sticking to that lofty goal. Yep. You know, that the repercussion is tag soup. Yeah. So, you know, other people are not so lofty and they're not that selective. And that's fine. You know what I mean? That's your goal and that's your perspective on it. Then stick to your goals, man. Yep. It's just, you know, if there's, like you said, there's, there's always going to be, uh, you know, you got to be realistic, you know, because not being realistic is going to carry its own repercussion. Yep. You know, which is, you know, an empty freezer. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's an interesting kind of conversation to have because it could stray off into so many different directions. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure, but I think that will uh, that that what we just did there is a conversation. A lot of people, I think, would are going to want to listen to, you know, going into this rut season. Yeah, know? and they're you know, yep, the all day sits are going to start happening. The cooler weather's coming. Yeah, uh, it's here. You yep. know, I mean, granted, it came overnight, but it's here. Yeah, <laughs> it's go time, man. That's it. So, uh, you know, hopefully we have a little bit more success than we've had. Uh, hopefully you guys are having success. And if not, then uh, stick to it. Yeah. That stick to itiveness. Stick to itiveness. There's your, what was it? There's your, your big advice of the day. Stay, stay with it. <laughs> what? It was one of the episodes we did. And we were talking about advice. And so I'm like, yeah, just stick with it. Yeah, there's your great advice for the day. Wow. Stick with it. That's insightful. <laughs>
I don't remember that, man. We say too many things. We yeah. just talk well, too much. We're 30-some episodes in here, man, I think, or something yeah. like that. No, is it 30? 30-some? 30 it's got to be. We did 18 last year. Where it's, this is our 17th now. So, so yeah. absolutely, it's over 30. Yeah, so it's Because I know 15 to... and 15 is 30. Indeed it is. <laughs> How about that? That's a, And there's that your tip core? of the day. <laughs> and that's your tip of the day. 15 and 15 is 30. Stay with it. 15 and 15 are 30. Well. And with that. <laughs> yeah, with that, we, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Just a couple of things here. We have a guest scheduled coming up. We probably have another one, I'm thinking, in between that. And then we're going to have one more episode this year that will be a special episode, I think, if we can logistically make it happen. Yeah. Because yeah. big things are happening. That's it. We, we, we've got probably anywhere from two to four more episodes uh, up our sleeve yeah. for this year. And then uh, season three... I don't know. We got to think of something else to do for season three because season one, it was just you and I. Yeah. Season two, we started getting some guests on. Yeah. And season, season three's three is coming on the pipeline. Season three, we might get a little bit mobile. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty cool. See yeah, what we happens. We talked about that. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, there's, there's a couple good, real interesting episodes coming up. Other than that, we're going to yeah. be trying to kill deer. Indeed. Doing Indeed. what if we you, do. If you, if you like what you're hearing, share with everybody. You know, give us a review if you if you would be so kind. It doesn't take long. So it it really is important if you subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Hulu, wherever you're you're listening to it. Please subscribe. Yeah, if and if leave a five star rating and nothing less. Right, because you know we do this for you, for so nothing. It's the least you can do. Come on, baby. for nothing. It's free. Seriously, I mean, uh, come on, come on. You get what you pay for, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. You know, but it does. It helps. You know, to to if there's a heart thing, click the heart. If there's a thumbs up thing, click the thumbs up. Depending stars. on what platform, stars, whatever. Just uh, it does help. You know, it kind of gives us uh, a little legitimacy when we're dealing with uh, these platforms. Uh, yeah. it, it just it just helps us out. And sharing it, you know, gets us in front of some new people, and that's the goal. You know, we want to yeah. grow it. You know, as as quickly as we can. You know, but do it organically. Boy, you know Aldo I mean? is on fire today, man. Oh yeah, he's yeah, driving the, me nuts. The, the pups are, uh, you know, they're they're letting you know. But the, the uh, with that being said, we yeah. appreciate everything you guys following, staying with us, and listening to us ramble. Aldo, um, we Aldo, really says, do appreciate it. And Aldo, Aldo, and Oscar also say thank you. Yeah, they're actually. Look, saying, I, I think it's like. Right is this like the applause at the end of the show? Maybe. Awesome. I'll take it. All right, we will see you in episode eighteen. Thank you.